Welcome to the Brighter Skies podcast with Gary Ware. This podcast is to inspire everyone to become the person they're meant to be, to take action and to realise life doesn't always go to plan. Gary will be speaking to successful entrepreneurs who will share the good, the bad and the ugly of building business and what to do to keep moving. Having left school with just two GCSEs, he achieved his aspiration to be a manager on the Red Arrows. Gary is all about assisting others to grow whilst he is now embarking on his next adventure. We will bring you inspiration with a dose of true insight and reality. Let's grow stronger together by learning from the journeys of the successful and knowing that there are always brighter skies ahead. Hello, welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Brighter Skies podcast. Today I've got Claire Saunders with me. She's a leasing expert, property entrepreneur. She's a motivator and influencer. She's got a massive social media community, entrepreneurs in uh, property. Welcome, Claire. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I wanted to get you on because I wanted to chat quite a lot about the various things I've just chat, just um, introduced you by. Um, and we'll go in that order. So we'll talk about leasing and maybe talk about your community, talk about what helped you and talk about your future. Let's talk about leasing. You being a leasing expert. Where do I start? So, um, yeah, as, so asset leasing or Cash flow leasing is my business um, name, so cash flow leasing. Um, it is basically um, a way to help property people to furnish their, their property, so their rentals, so their HMOs, their service accommodation, um, apart hotels, hotels, anything that needs furniture in order for you to run it. Um, we can arrange lease finance to basically um, mean you don't have to pay for it upfront out of your own money. So there's loads of benefits for doing it. And a lot of people don't even realize what it is or it's even out there to do it. So that's why, you know, I'm grateful to come on to podcasts and be interviewed by people to talk about it, to bring it into people's forefront and know that there is help out there. Um, it's really beneficial for people starting out in property when they haven't actually got that much money to start with, um, whether they're purchasing um, or doing rent to rent. Um, we can help both those situations. So how it works is um, I work with a panel of suppliers. Um, if anyone wants the list, I can send that out. Um, and basically you go to them and you place an order like you would do normally. Um, you then speak to myself, we go through an application and you know apply to the lenders to see if we can get the funding for it. Um, it can be paid out in advance. So we can pay the supplier about a week before delivery. So that means you don't have to pay anything upfront to the supplier. Um, or we can do it actually post-delivery. So we can get money back out of uh, furniture orders that you've had up to three months in the past as well. So that's another way of um, recycling your cash, getting money back out. So it's very, very beneficial for, um, like I say, people starting out. Um, also, it is tax efficient as well. So a lot of people don't realise that with leasing, you're changing it from a uh, business, sorry, a purchase into a business expense. So therefore you can claim corporation tax relief against your monthly premium. So therefore another benefit there for um, leasing is that you can claim uh, tax relief on it. So yeah, big plus on that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And, and I think if we could get the list of suppliers, what we'll do is we'll pop it into a link um, when we promote mm -hmm. this. Uh, if we pop it into a link, I think there'll be a lot of people there who would definitely take you up on this. Um, I've looked into this slightly, still unsure of it. I know you mentioned the benefits of why to do it. What, what's the typical cost? So say, let's use an example. Say you've got a, a one-bed apartment that you're going to do a service, service accommodation. What can you get? Can you get everything? That all depends on the suppliers. So the people that, the suppliers that I work with, so it's not just suppliers. I say suppliers. Um, I also work with interior designers as well. So that's one of my core... Um, Call referrers in are actually my interior designers so they they will do and all of them to be honest can do everything so when I say everything that's the furniture the white goods the 
um, electrical packs, kitchen packs, that's everything from your microwave to your teaspoon. Um, they can do linen packs, they can do blinds, some of them. Um, and also, you know, all the, what I call the fluffy stuff, all the nice cushions and artwork and stuff like that. And they will deliver in store and take the rubbish away. So it's a pretty much hands off um, thing as well. Um, and the reason I say that is I'm forever watching people on Facebook um, where they're getting their friends around and having like, let's put together IKEA furniture parties. And I'm thinking as an entrepreneur, the reason why you are doing property is to, because time is important to you. You want to spend that time with your family. You don't want to be spending it taking a whole weekend building IKEA furniture and things like that. So that's one of the cool things that I try and, and say with regards to to leasing I mean with these suppliers you don't have to lease you can pay up front if you want to you don't have to do lease finance um but the suppliers that I work with they make it so easy for you to to do it and like I said because they know what they're doing if you say to them oh I've got a six bed HMO or one bed SA they know exactly what you need in that property so that is just amazing because you say to me what do I what do you need I haven't got a clue I'm just the finance person I'm the money I'm the money girl you know I'm the one that helps you pay for it um, but with regards to cost, when it comes to my side of it, how it works is um, a lease is set up at the net amount of an invoice. So that's excluding VAT. So it's the net amount plus the interest rate. And the interest rate varies on a few subjects. I'll come to that in a minute. Um, and then it's spread over the 36 months. OK, and then you pay your VAT monthly. The supplier is still paid, including VAT. OK. So the amount of borrowing upfront is lower for, for you guys. You pay your back monthly. So that's how, how that bit works. Um, the rate itself, like I mentioned, does depend on a number of factors. Um, and that can be, the main one's how long you've been trading. So we can do work with new business um, or what you call SPVs. Um, but if it's a brand new business and you don't have much experience, then obviously you are looking at the higher rate. Or if you've got um, personal credit issues, that sort of thing. We can still work with you, but the rates will be at the higher end. If you've been um, trading for over three years, you're an experienced investor, um, really good credit, lots of income, lots of properties that you own, then it's actually not that expensive to, to lease. Um, and it's quite surprising when you look at how much, um, when you offset the, the tax element, how much you're actually paying for, for furniture. So if I give you an example, Worst case scenario, so this is the highest rate. If you were to borrow 5,000 net, it's roughly, so give it a couple of pounds, just over 200 pounds a month plus VAT in order to lease that furniture. So you're doing that over the three years. So yeah, it's, it's not as expensive as people think. Uh, that's pretty good and it's good to hear that you get the fluffy stuff what you call the fluffy stuff fluffy as well stuff, yeah. and that they know all the ins and outs because that could be somebody's hurdle that could be somebody's uh, bit of a barrier I know if I go mm -hmm. and set up a room my wife comes in and says yeah this is great and then I walk out of the room and then she's rearranged it anyway and put things in the right place so the fluffy stuff is really important it'll be repeat business mm -hmm. as well uh, but it's good yeah. that there's companies out there that do this uh, and it's great that you've just given an example going forward there's a lot of people that are going to be looking at this especially with what happened with covid you've mm -hmm. had a lot of people that set up as sa so that's my aim for this this podcast is to get it out there to to allow people to grow faster grow more efficiently 100% that is one of the ben main benefits of leasing is that you grow quicker you don't have to use your your cash to do it so you're using your leveraging other people's money technically which is what we all get taught to do um so yeah, it is, yeah, it's really beneficial. Talking about um, qualifying, is there, is there any situation that could increase somebody getting qualified for this? Is it all to do with credit rating? Uh, there are situations where, um, so the main criteria, let's do that first, is you have to be a limited company. So what that means is that you don't have to own the property in a limited company you can own the property in your own name so for instance you had a buy to let and you decided oh, i want to try doing sa on it 
that's fine. It's just the limited company is the, the one that's running it. So the one, the bank account, basically, where it's all being traded. So that has to be limited. And as I mentioned before, we can do it for new starts or established. Um, and then what they will ask for is bank statements. If you haven't got um, trading for three months, then they will ask for personal bank statements. So what they're looking for is can that company afford it? So it's all about affordability. So that's the main thing is can they afford it? Um, so there are ways of, like you say, helping them out. So you can have personal bank accounts. So if you're still working, um, that helps if you're a new start. Um, if you've got other trading companies, then they can also look to do cross-company guarantees, that sort of thing. Um, if it is new start, um, and the other thing as well that's important is that you need to own a property. So that is sometimes a stumbling block, especially people doing rent to rent. Um, there are ways around it. You can get a third party guarantor. So somebody who owns a property to stand with you on it. Um, it used to be that, that literally they just signed a personal guarantee. However, a lot of the lenders now um, ask that the guarantor actually take financial advice or um, legal advice. So they have to go to a solicitor. So that can sometimes cost a little bit more. I am trying to work with a company, a lender at the moment that will do um, guarantees without that. Um, so I'm just trying to get them to understand my business model. So that's a lot about what I'm about is about working with the lenders to understand how we work. You know, it's not, yeah, it's a new business, but they're not a new landlord. They've got a portfolio behind them. It's using all this evidence, talking to my customers. So I understand exactly what I'm putting together to go to the lenders. And if I do feel for any reason, it's not going to happen. Then I do let my customers know, but I don't like saying no. So yeah, it's quite rare that we can't get something over the line, um, but it's normally a situation where it's a new business, non-homeowner, they don't have a guarantor. That's normally when we sort of struggle. Um, but like I said, I am working with my lenders. Um, lockdown was difficult. So during COVID, you'll be surprised at the, how quick like the markets change. You talk about it in mortgages as well. During lockdown, some of the lenders um, stopped um, trading at all. Some of them refused to do any, any serviced accommodation, any hospitality. And the ones that didn't, they um, kept their rates high for anything that was that. So any low rates that there was on the market, they stopped doing those. So during lockdown, it was very, very difficult um, for the serviced accommodation market, to be honest. Going like last, this year just gone, completely different. They are absolutely loving it. The majority of my business is serviced accommodation customers. Um, it's just gone, yeah, it's gone amazing. Do you get, still get a lot of HMOs um, as well? Um, that's like the core. But at the moment, I would say majority is serviced accommodation. But, you know, just the best thing to do is if you're not sure if you're going to qualify, is just give me a call and we can talk through exactly what it is that you need. Real. So that brings me on to another point I was going to ask you a bit later on is, can people contact you? Um, and yeah. answered that so what we can do is is get your contact details or your, your your card which i've seen online and we'll put that in the group as well um so anybody listening please feel free to get in get in, uh, in touch with claire um, especially if you've got hmos or sa if startups or anything um just get in contact so is it all going well now um so you mentioned that it was a bit tough in covid is it is it now getting better people are, are understanding it more i'm talking about the lenders understanding it more yeah, so a lot of the relationships I have with my lenders um, are because of, you know, the fact that I've got a relationship with them. So there was one lender um, who went completely off the market. They were just servicing their customers. They weren't bringing any new business. Um, and they came, they weren't going to come back until, I think it was January or something. This was last year. Um, but because of the relationship I had with them and the fact that I, they do a lot of, um, the guarantor work that we talked about, you know, and my relationship, they came back early, but only to selected brokers. So I was quite privileged that I was one of those. Um, but yeah, a lot of them is about the relationships you build with them. I've got even more lenders on board now than I had a year ago. Um, and all for different aspects. Some are for the higher end. So like um, the core, my core business is probably between 
I would say five and ten thousand pound an order. That's sort of where we are. But we have done and we are doing at the moment blocks of apartments, and that can be uh, between forty and fifty thousand. So it's knowing which lenders wow. that will lend high amounts like that um, at really good rates. And you'll be surprised the more you borrow, the actual cheaper it is as well, because the, the people that are doing the higher, so over 20,000, over 15,000, their rates are, are slightly better than the, sl- the lower ones. Um, so, so yeah, it's just a matter, yeah, it's all about relationships and, and building those and getting them to understand what it is that that we do that us guys do as property people because that's the main thing is getting them to understand it yeah well it definitely looks like the drive and and the direction of the way property is going especially as more people are coming into the rental market or they're buying through rent rather than buying to flip Uh, i think this is yeah massive massively on the way up and it's great to hear it's great to hear that that connections are being made Uh, And people are coming together and making an understanding, which allows people to grow quicker, which is the reason that you're doing it. Is there, as you you go forward, say if I rented something, I rented for, is it three years typically? Three years, yeah. So say if I rented for three years, is there scope to change any of the the furniture or any of the pack in that three years? Or do you get to the end and you say, well, this is ours now. And then you maybe get the bits that you want. Is that that typically what you see? So... It's, it's called leasing but the lender doesn't actually reclaim or the supplier reclaim the furniture at the end um if a supplier reclaimed it it'd be classed as renting um but leasing is just a way of paying for the the cost of that item equipment that you need in your business so um with this kind of leasing it is different than like you do the car you've got you lease it for a certain amount of time and you've got a balloon payment at the end or you give it back it's not like that you pay the balance so the whole amount of the order over those three years so you've paid it off with the interest rate by the end of the term at the end of it the lender then releases the title so it's a bit like when you buy a house you've got a title um, if they release the title directly to the person leasing then that negates all of the tax you'd have to pay it all back so there are ways around it. One of the ways is that they give the title to us at cash releasing. And then, so we reclaim it. So it goes to us. And then what we do is we do a, a thing called continued use, which is like another policy as such. And it means that you've got use of those items for another two years. Um, and it just costs you two months premium. So that's one of the ways of doing it. And then at the end of those two years, so five years you've had use, you can do what you want with it. Now, with some people doing um, rent to rent, that's probably not what they want to happen. So the other option they've got is they can do um, where they can nominate somebody to take title. So what that means is, for instance, if you're um, in a rent to rent, you could leave it to the landlord, in which case we take the landlord's name and the title would go to them. It could be at the end of the three years, they want to sell it, and then which case, we can use whoever the new person is. There is a cost involved still, um, and that varies per lender. So some it is 1%, which is really cheap. Others, it's um, one month's premium. So it just depends. But the best thing is, is we give them a call four months before the end, three to four months, and just find out exactly what your plans are with that furniture. Do you want to keep it there? If so, do you want to do this? Or do you want us to, to nominate somebody to take the title it sounds very confusing but it is just paperwork um and yeah it's just a formality to make sure that you don't have to reclaim any tax repay any tax sorry yeah which is which is good and it's good that you offer the four months before the end because then you can offer the options of the best efficient way for the person and where they're going in their direction um mm-hmm. which is great so what's this what's this mean to you have you, you built this business up doing this yourself have you built this and then gone into the market and found a niche so this is my business so yeah I started it in uh June when did I start in 19 so just before Covid happened um but when Covid happened yeah business there was there were points when I thought I wasn't going to have a business to be honest and that's why it was lucky that I don't have employees because it's just myself 
I can tick along. Do you know what I mean? And I know, right, I've only got to worry about paying my bills and myself. So that was quite lucky, to be fair. Um, and I can see why a lot of small businesses during COVID did really struggle. Um, and that's why they furloughed and stuff like that. But with my business, a lot of, I work from home. So um, any employees that I have, which I do now, I started in January, I've got an employee. Um, obviously, they can work from home. So it's not going to be an issue with regards to, um, to my business. Um, it's just getting the, the people coming in and getting the vis, you know, my visibility out there to say this is what we can do. And one of the things I did during COVID was change my strategy. So rather than going for people that are doing, going to be doing, I went on the, have you done properties in the last three months? And obviously people didn't have any money. So it was like, do you want to get that money back out? So I just changed my strategy and marketed more on like Facebook and stuff to say, you know, um, COVID's hit. Do you want to get your capital out of the furniture that's sat on your property? So that that then helped me to get over that little bump. Um, being a, a mum, that didn't help because obviously I had to homeschool as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess a lot of parents out there, they understand that when your class is not a key worker, but you run your own business, that is really hard. Trying to, you know, fit that guilt of thinking, do I teach my my daughter or do I try and get some money in? Do you know what I mean? It's like food on the table or education. It's so difficult during, during lockdown. Parents, isn't it? And I bet, I bet a lot of people did that dance as well of, I need to work and I need to then educate my children, I need to work. It gave me an appreciation of, of what the teachers do, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I forgot what your question was, actually. I sort of went off on a tangent there. It, it was just talking about how you, was it scary? Did <laughs> oh. you set it up? And... Yeah, so niche-wise. So um, I used to work for another company that did this. Um, so, and they're still in the market. They're doing really well. Um, I left there to go and be a property entrepreneur. Um, that was the plan. I never um, gave the intention to set up to be a competitor as such. That was not my intention. I left to go and be a sourcer. And I really struggled with it. I really, anyone out there that does sourcing, oh God, I find it so hard to feel, because of my ethics and the person that I am, the thought of giving someone a bad deal absolutely petrified me so I just couldn't do it I could not be a sourcer because I was so scared that oh what if the refurb's wrong what if this is wrong what if this goes wrong and there were just too many um risks so it was like I couldn't do it so my mentor at the time said kept on at me and on at me you know leasing you've got really good background in customer service the customers like you the lenders like you just do it and I was like no no I'm not doing it and then it took me to, like I say, it was about a year um, when it got to the point where my husband was like, you have to get a job. You know, you're not doing any good at this sourcing, Lark. You're going to have to go and get a job. So I was like, right, okay. So that's how it started. And it was easier than I thought. People knew me from where I worked before. Lenders knew me. Because that was the hardest bit, is if you're a nobody and you, you go to lenders and say, oh, I'm setting up this business. Um, I need you to come on board. They would be like, how do we know you know what you're talking about? So that's what gave me the confidence because I think I had three or four lenders that said, yeah, I'll work with you. You know what you're talking about. And that gave me the confidence. And then it was just, it just grew from there. Um, that's really yeah. good. That's good. It's good. It's good that you've fallen into it. Um, it's a shame you couldn't get into sourcing, but yeah, I totally appreciate what you're <laughs> saying. It can be tough doing sourcing. Um, and I think you've got to have the right balance with an investor as well as with you, you need to get a relationship with a lot of people really to get them on board to then get them to do the right product for the for the investor. So it is a, it's a tough place to be, but I'm really glad that you've done this because it seems to be going really well for you. Do you think mm -hmm. this is what led you? On? So we talked about mentorship. So obviously you've had a mentor. Do you think this is was your path anyway? Did you think going down it, trying one route, then realising and working your own route round, do you think that was your path with your mentor pushing you along? Yeah, I've had a, a couple of mentors um, for different aspects. Um, so the first one was, was property. Um, and 
So I've done lots of training since 2016. I've been in the property community doing trainings. So a lot of people know me through, through that, which has helped with my business as well, because you say, who's Claire, you know, if you say Claire Saunders, oh yeah, she's the leasing girl. That, you know, it's, they don't know me as cash flow leasing. They know Claire is the leasing girl. Um, so yeah, and when, I think having a mentor is, is important to, to know what, because sometimes you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And sometimes it takes somebody else to, to, to tell you that, if that makes sense. Um, so, so yeah, I think my path was, I want to do property. Me and my husband, you know, we want to do property and we're, you know, looking at the strategies and we know, we know property. I'm an avid course taker. My husband hates it. He's like, stop doing courses. Well, okay. Um, so I know a lot. And I think that's helped as well because I know all the strategies. I understand all of them. So that helps with regards to what I do. Um, so yeah, I think I've always been destined to do something in property um, and something that helps people um, because that's a big thing, as you know, with regards to my other stuff that I do. It's about helping others on their journey. So if I can help others along, um, then that's what's important to me. So for me, it was like something in property that helps people and yeah means people can grow their own their own wealth around it i think that's important so is that why you started entrepreneurs in property a mentor told me to start entrepreneurs in property it started and it's gone completely crazy and i love it and the people are amazing um so during lockdown obviously people wanted to get visibility about their businesses so it was sort of like to start with it was more um, how can I get my business out there? You know, I'll be honest, that's how it started. Um, but then my personality came through and my ethics and my passion to help people. Um, so, and I thought, right, it was an idea of an event that I can get my business in front of property people. That was that was the goal of it. But literally within like the first two months, it was right, help how can I help these people? And it wasn't, then it wasn't about me. It was about who can I get align myself with that's going to give value to other people. So we've got in the panel, I think there's like 13 of us now um, and it grows all the time. I think we've just recently added two people. So it started off, it was, um, so myself, Darren, who you interviewed. So he's our refurb expert. Um, then we've got Christy and Simon are our social housing expert experts um we've got uh, service accommodation so we've got nick was our first punter he does rent to rent and then we added mikey later on he's very very good he knows a lot about sa um and then we've got a lawyer we've got oh my goodness i'm trying to think now what we've got so many people um and it just sort of grew and then we've got um claire mcneil who does systems so how to systemize your business how to get it more streamlined uh, we've got Trish McGurr. So Trish came on as the speaker um, and absolutely blew everyone away with her story, made us all cry. And from my event, she's now started up Repossession Rescue, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm an ambassador for that. So if you guys don't know what that is, definitely check that out. You need to get Trish on here as well. because She's amazing. So then we added her because she's very good at your lease options and your assisted sales and how to help the the seller you know it's not just about the buyer it's not about us all the time it's about helping them um obviously we want to make a profit but it's about being ethically right um then we've got tina who does sourcing so she sorts in compliance she's now set up napsa um and getting all of that right um we recently got paul million to come on board he's more of an all-rounder absolutely great guy hilarious and um li literally last week we've got so I don't know if you know Jonathan from Trustmix. He'd be a great person to interview as well. He set up this platform um, and it's, again, it's about trust. It's about ethics. And every single person in my panel, that's what it's about. And, um, you know, yeah, if we make business from it, that's great. But it's about helping the, the people in the room. And yeah, it's amazing. And we get speakers on every, and it's every other Friday. So it's a bit full on, but I love it. Absolutely love it. It's great, yeah. So it's one of the better or the, the best communities that I'm in on Facebook to do with property. 
It seems that everybody wants to help everybody. It seems that there's nobody, nobody really puts anybody down, which I've seen in other yeah. ones. You've always got somebody that wants to champion you. And I love that. It's all about collaborative growth for me, um, massively 100%. into the law of reciprocity. And I think what you're doing and putting out there had adds so much value. So if anybody's not heard of it, or if, if anybody's not seen it before, go on to the Entrepreneurs in Property on Facebook, just give it an ad, and then attend one of the meetings. Every It's every two weeks on a Friday. It does say it's for a couple of hours, but sometimes it goes on for a lot more, but, but that's because it's so social. Uh, but it's it brilliant is, because yeah. the guest speakers are there. That You can literally talk about any subject and go into breakout rooms. So please mm -hmm. get on there. Definitely. So that's great. Um, so I want to go back slightly and talk about your previous positions that you held. So uh, I know you talked about being the account manager at somebody in a, it was a similar to what you do now. Um, you worked for like Thames Water and so many others, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Did any, I mean, the answer is, is quite self-explanatory to this, but did they all add weight to what you're doing now? I know the previous job that you had did definitely. Um, it allowed you to grow. But did did you get much transferable skills from the others? I think the main thing is the all of the jobs I've done before are customer-based. So they're all customer service, whether that's in front of people. So I worked at um, vets, which I absolutely loved. Um, I love animals. Um, if I had my dream, I'd have like a Battersea dogs home and, and Paul O'Grady would come visit me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I think it's about people. Everything that I, everyone, everything that I've worked with is about people. I mean, working at Thames Water, um, I was a case manager for what they call the waste department. So you're dealing with people that are upset because they've got waste issues, blockages, that sort of thing. Um, so being on that side of things wasn't, wasn't nice. You know, you have to do that. But I think um, with what I do, it's a bit easier because it sounds bad. When you're giving people money, they're nice to you, if that makes sense, because they know you're trying to help them. Um, that probably sounded really wrong. <laughs> um, so it is completely different, but it is about learning how to work with people, get as much information out of them in order to fit the right product. And I have, I didn't even realize until I did this business how much I like it when they don't say yes and they come back and they're like, right, this and this and this, right, how can I fix it? I'm a fix it person. And I didn't realize that until I started doing this. And then when you think back about my other jobs, like at Thames Water, for instance, it used to frustrate me that I couldn't fix it there and then. And I had to go and refer it to someone else. And I had to keep getting involved. I was like, oh, have you been out to that person? What's going on? And I think, yeah, that's always been like it. And like when someone came in with their animal and they were upset, I was always there trying to not fix them, but I was there for them listening. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just about who you are as a person, I think. And the, that's sort of everything that I've done that's led me to cash flow leasing and also entrepreneurs and properties. I want to help people on their journey. I want to fix, not fix them, but, you know, want to be an, an instrumental part in them growing and, and getting what they want. No, I love that. And I, and I think it shows throughout because what you're doing is helping people with the cash flow leasing. You've also got start to end product with that way you touch base before the end of their lease um entrepreneurs in property that you brought all the people in that were required that would add value but more importantly were on the same wavelength and would ethically mm -hmm. and morally align with you so i really love it yeah it's really good and it's really endearing to hear but what what sort of drove you to do this so yeah i mean it is difficult life is difficult and I'm not one of those people that say, oh, you know, tell, tell your stop story, that sort of thing. But everybody's got a journey. Everybody's got a story. Not everyone shares their story. And we found that actually at Entrepreneurs in Property is um, the other month we had somebody come on and he shared his journey. And after that, almost everyone in the room shared something personal about themselves that they don't, you know, some, some of them help uh, people in other countries. And you just didn't know this about people and 
sometimes those things make you who you are and make people know, like, and trust you. So I think it is important for people to, to get their stories out there if, if they've got one. And for myself, um, I was, I don't know, you know, did all right at school, that sort of thing, had jobs, you know, all of that. But I never would have thought in a thousand years that I'd be running a business um, and being, well, I wouldn't even have, you said I was an influencer and all this. I never would have called myself that until you said that today. I was like, am I? Oh my God. Um, so that is like, oh, scary. Um, but it is all thanks to, to other people that have helped me grow as a person. And um, so like my husband and my, my family and my friends. Um, and during my, my time, I have had like a lot of loss. So I lost my mum. So I had my daughter um, quite late. I was 35 and I was struggling with um, postnatal depression really badly. Um, but I didn't know at the time. You don't know these things. And it wasn't until a, mid a relief midwife told me um, that that was what was going on. And she helped me. And that, that midwife is still in my life now. She's like a surrogate mum. So she was amazing. So it, people touch your life to help you. Um, and then a year after my daughter was born, my mum died. And that was a big shock. Um, we didn't have the, the, the greatest um, of relationships, but it still was a massive shock and a big loss. Um, and that sort of made me think back then, you know, life's short, you've got to do something. Um, but then it still took a couple of years to get into property, to realise what I wanted to do. Um, and then the last couple of years have been really, really difficult for me. So I started my business. And one of my... Um, how do I put it? Ambassadors, I guess. Somebody who really trumped me and was really proud of me was my best friend. Um, and <laughs> this is how close we are. So my daughter's birthday and her son's birthday is exactly the same day. Um, so that's not, wow. they're not they're like three years apart, but yeah, just randomly like that. So we're always going to be connected because of that. Um, but then she got diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, being, and that's another thing about being an entrepreneur is that because it's your business, you can decide when you work. Um, so, you know, I, was, I went with her to the hospital. I went with her to go bra shopping when she had to have a mastectomy, stuff like that. And then um, it came back. And I think it was Christmas a couple of years ago now. And me, her, her husband and her mum and dad went to the hospital to be told that it was, it was terminal. She was 40 one with a three-year-old four-year-old I think he was at the time and that was the most devastating thing of my life and the hardest bit as well was going through COVID with that so I couldn't even go and visit her because you know there you are your best friend's dying and you can't even be there um, so I was constantly on the phone and checking up on her and and that sort of thing and um, yeah so she she passed away um, and at the time as well my dad um he was diagnosed with cancer but he he lasted five years so this time last year um my dad passed away as well and I was very very close to my dad and he is the sort he was a farmer so his work ethic was amazing literally I think he stopped working in the October and that was a force because he just didn't want to work he was just constantly working all he wanted to do was go and he'd still go even though he was technically off work he'd still go up to the farm and potter about in his workshop and stuff like that um but his work ethic was just amazing um and he used to tease me all the time going when are you going to be a millionaire then and I'm like oh dad come on I've only just started um but because of those people it's pushed me to make my business work and um yeah I just want to make them proud really and I think that's what's you know keeps and also you know my family I want to be able to to make them proud as well yeah thank you thank you for sharing that um <clears throat> it's often tough to talk about and I know we touched on this before we even uh, before we we started this podcast it's a, it's a subject that's close to my heart um something I've not left let in as well um through through losses uh but it seems like you you've done everything and and I just appreciate that you, you've been so open and so honest about it because life is tough. Life isn't always rosy and it's so short. So everybody should just grasp it and, and get going. 
So I really, really appreciate what you've just done there. And hopefully, did anybody listening? Don't don't let it get you down. Just get inspired. Um, Claire is a, a motivator and an influencer. I know you said you you were like, well, but you've motivated and influenced me in many ways um, through entrepreneurial <laughs> property, and it's helped keep me going. That community has helped me help keep me going. And listening to all your story and what you've gone through and, what, and your reason why, it just all makes sense. So yeah, massive, massive thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you. I mean, if I can help anyone on their journey, you know, there's, I mean, there was um, one event that we had, um, there was um, a lady who recently had a, had a child and um, she was really struggling with it all. And you just want to be able to say to them, if you need to talk, talk. And one of the things I'm quite passionate about as well, as you'll know, in entrepreneurs and property, it's about helping people. Is that a lot of what we do is about um, social housing and things like that. Um, but something that's important to me is mental health. So, like I mentioned, I struggled with um, uh, postnatal depression. I struggled struggled with um, depression with my mum, and obviously what went through with um, my dad and everything. And a lot of things that people don't talk about. And I find it you hear on the news. It's it, it's young men. Um, that are committing suicide because you know they don't talk and I think if I can say anything to anyone out there um, whether they want to get into property or not and if you've got things going on and you don't know what to do talk about it you'll be surprised at who will listen nobody judges everyone's got their stuff you know then it's just a matter of talking to people and there's there's help out there and um I think that's really, really important. I mean, when I lost my friend and my dad, I could have given up. Oh, I felt devastated. I thought like, what is, what's the point? You know, 41 years old with a kid. And I just thought, well, life is precious. 100% life is precious. You must grab it, enjoy it, and keep, you know, your friends close and just enjoy it. And it is hard, but surround yourself with the right people that's what's important and you'll go far you can do anything if you put your mind to it and that's what I want to you know I'd love to be able to be one of those women that are on stage um, inspiring other women you know I don't ever think that would happen but I'd love to be think that I could just help one woman on their journey from feeling absolutely devastated to growing a business whether it's being a property entrepreneur or I don't know just getting out there getting into in, back into work and growing their corporate life you know I'd love to be able to help people do that why won't that happen I don't know <laughs> you've got to make this happen you you're born for that mm. you're born for that role so I think you should you should make that <laughs> it's, on uh, my, it, it's on my vision board <laughs> do it definitely one day to be an definitely. inspirational speaker well I think you've got everything required for a TEDx talk um I know mm. that's a brand um shouldn't really talk about it but anything like that yeah you've got you've got that already um so i think you should do it yes yeah, get it down let's get it done um but brilliant again thank you for for sharing that part of it and that's that brings me on to some other points really i weren't really going to talk about it but a lot of people get stuck so that the whole premise of doing this podcast was to help and inspire others motivate them by bringing on individuals such as yourself that have been inspiring me motivating so many different people ethically and morally aligned to try and help people grow but the more I go down, the more I get different different messages from people just reaching out and saying that they're struggling with bits, they've got hurdles. And I think it's important to just remember that you're not alone, like what you just mentioned. Just join, just join the, the communities that we're in uh, and just reach out. Just make sure you reach out. Like what Claire said, just reach out to everybody uh, and mm -hmm. see what comes back. Somebody will help you and somebody will do something. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's been really good. And I think it's going to add a lot of weight and a lot of value to everybody. So what? Let's let's try and change it a bit and get a little bit more happier. Um, Yay! Let's get positive. Let's get positive. <laughs> so what's your future like? What what are your plans going forward? TEDx talk, obviously. Obviously, I need to speak to them. Yeah. Um, oh goodness, I don't know. Um, I have so during lockdown. I actually retrained because I was so worried about um, cash flow leasing. I retrained to be a mortgage broker and I qualified in two months. So that was quite, I was quite 
um, proud of myself. You know, you know, like when you go from like 18 thinking, what are you going to be when you're older? Um, I never would have thought that I could do that. So I am a qualified um, mortgage broker and um, protection advisor as well. So, um, and um, my husband's doing that as, as well now. So that's something else that we're going to be doing. So I help people with cash flow leasing, but then also I'm going to be able to, to refer them to doing like mortgages, protection, um, and getting a bit more visibility out there about what people actually should be, you know, getting covered. So life insurance, um, you know, income protection, all this stuff that's important, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because most of you are solo. So if anything happens to you, then what happens to your business? So that's one of the core things I'm I'm looking is to bring more of the protection side. So private medical insurance. So I'm learning a lot about that at the moment. And then I'll be bringing that to entrepreneurs and property. So bringing it out to educate people on that. Um, so that's quite important. So that's something we'll be doing is offering other services, um, not necessarily under cash flow leasing umbrella. Um, we work for another company, um, but yeah, more to help people that way. Um, entrepreneurs and property continue growing because it's amazing. Um, we would love to have an in-person um, event that's one of our we were going to do it every quarter but I think we sort of put it on hold because of um COVID and stuff but that's hopefully going to be lifted soon so maybe we'll do something there it will be it would have to be a paid event um but unfortunately for like venue costs and things like that but we are um we pride on ourselves being non-profit um so at the moment entrepreneurs and property is free so we give our time for free um, so if we were to do that, um, we would probably, any profit would go to, um, charities and things like that. Um, so that, that's what's sort of important to us. Um, but yeah, so in-person events, I'm going to be out networking a lot more. Um, so if anybody listening wants, um, a speaker, I'm more than happy to come along and talk about cash flow leasing and how it can benefit. So if anyone needs anyone to do that, um, I love networking, um, can't wait to get back out and see people face to face rather than over zoom like this um so yeah i mean world's your oyster isn't it i want to do more um actually want to get some buy to lets and some essays and i'm passionate about social housing as well um looking at doing a sas so um as one of our panel members is uh bryn walker who does sas pensions um so i'm looking to do um something with him um and also like i said i'm an ambassador for um Repossession, the repossession rescue with Trish. So hopefully that might um, mean you know getting out and sharing her story as well. Um, so yeah, again helping others, isn't it? It's not just about me. It's about getting visibility for other people as well. And um, yeah, so like Jonathan with Trustmix, getting him out here, be coming along to all our events as well. So people need to sign up to that because that's going to be an amazing platform. Um, so yeah, that's what's going to be happening. Really is. Yeah, just going to be crazy, but yeah, can't wait. No, it's exciting times, and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, all this COVID stuff will go away. Um, we'll timestamp it so it is February 2022. Yeah. Hopefully, this has all <laughs> gone away, and it does look promising, and it's really good. Did you find that when you did your your brokers um, exams and, and whatever you needed to, to be a mortgage advisor? was that quite an easy transition because you'd already been doing the leasing stuff so yeah I that bit is the easy bit but it's the so um like I said I'm transitioning at the moment so um if anybody is like wants to give me the opportunity to, to do it it'd be great um but yeah it's difficult obviously time management so I have taken on um some staff now which is massive for me so actually letting go of some things is I find very difficult I'm a bit of a control freak um but that's so that I can grow and, and give more value to my customers so yeah um the actual understanding it that was easy um the hard bit now is knowing the lenders and what they offer so that's the hard bit is is the matching bit but again that's the fun bit as well so you'll get I seem to attract um, difficult ones as well so the first mortgages <laughs> that I've done have been really quite difficult um, so but again you know you learn from it and I love learning so yeah absolutely yeah so yeah it was quite a, an easy transition to be honest from 
because it's the same thing. You know, you've got a customer, they've got a problem, you've got to go and find the answer. So it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, that's good. And it's good, it's good to hear that you're you're working on your business and not in your business and passing it on, even though you said it's it's quite yeah, tough to let it. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really good. Good on you. That's it's exciting. It's really exciting. Uh, I've got one final question, and this is the final question that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. What are your brighter skies? The reason that you do things. My daughter. Sounds silly. Everyone's why is their kids? But yeah, she's my everything. She's just so funny. She's crazy. Um, and she's, do you know what I'm most proud of is that she is such, she's got a kind soul. So like if somebody's upset in the playground, she's the one that goes, are you okay? You know, she's that. And I'm so proud that she is that. Um, so yeah, she's my why. And she, yeah, she's very tough as well. She's doing Taekwondo and she's constantly getting her bouts on that. Um, but yeah, it's just the thought of being able to, to give her stuff, you know, um, go on holiday, things like that, you know, I know it sounds silly, but we've, she's almost, um, so she's nine now. And for her 10th birthday, we've booked to go to, um, Florida. So that'd be her first holiday ever. Um, and it's just being able to do things like that, you know, cause that, you know, holidays aren't cheap. Um, and it's being able to do that, but it's not just about money. It's about time and having time with her. So, you know, when she's got Taekwondo, I, you know, I know I can finish early so I can take her to it. If she's got ukulele or horse riding or whatever, it's, and um, school plays and all those silly things, although we've not had them much at the moment because of everything. Um, yeah, she's, she's my why. I want her to grow up to be a really nice, kind person and help others. And she's well on her way. Um, so that she, yeah, she's she's my wife. Well, she's definitely got a good role model, uh, and I think it's great that you're setting up to be your bodyguard, and getting yeah, yeah, trained up is. in taekwondo. Well, yeah, but well, the world's not, you know, the world's a bit of a scary place. So if I know she can protect herself, that's that's what matters. Yeah, definitely. And I think on that note, I think it's a perfect way to end it. Thank you very much for being on my uh, podcast, and thank you for giving back to the community. Uh, everybody please try and connect with Claire so it's Claire Saunders and it's entrepreneurs in property anybody who needs a leasing expert please what, what is it cash flow leasing that's correct isn't cash it? flow leasing yes yeah and you're definitely a motivator and influencer and she's about to become a, um, a public speaker a TEDx speaker which would be great <laughs> so yeah thank, thank you for being on my podcast thank you so much it's been really good thank you listening to the Brighter Skies podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Gary does, please visit his website, brighterskiesproperties.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform where you heard it. Thanks for listening and see you next time.